Hey there, guys. Welcome back to the next cast. We are joined today by a guest, Izanti, and my co-host, Xenex. Say hello, Izanti. Hello. And you've already said hello, Xenex. You don't need to go again. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Too, many, too many hellos isn't good for the soul, you know? Hello, hello, no. hello, hello. It's fucking rude. Don't speak over somebody. Izanti, Mr. Guest Man. Fuck. Jeez. Anyways. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to ask Azanti some questions, kind of give him a little interview, and uh, we'll be talking about some uh, Cyberpunk 2077 and CD Projekt Red, um, just with some new, well, it won't be new when this comes out, but with some news that I saw recently about them, uh, you know, kind of give some uh, give some insight and in some of our opinions about it, um, and yeah, we'll kind of go from there. So... Is it okay if I interview you? Sure. Okay. So, uh, give us some insight. Where were you two on... nights ago? What were you doing? <laughs> yeah, what were you what? doing? Who were you with? What was I doing Do you... two nights ago? Yeah, what were you doing two nights ago? I'm pretty sure uh, we were playing time? mini golf. <laughs> Depends what time. 7 a.m. 12 a.m. I'm pretty sure we played mini golf. <laughs> yeah. You guys played mini golf? What are you talking not, not about? Not like mini actual golf? mini golf. We were playing. Do you play uh, golf with your friends? No, Tower oh, Unite. No. Tower Unite. What is that? It's like in on. So, have you seen the movie? What's it called? Uh, Ready Player One. Right. Yeah. So you know how they kind of have the Oasis. Well, this is kind of like the real deal kind of thing. It, it originated as a Gmod server, and eventually it got so big that they needed to branch out and like actually make their own thing. So they made they made their own standalone game that still uses Steam integration, so you can get like workshop models and stuff like that. And it basically revolves around one currency, units. And it's it's a really cool kind of kind of game that you can just log on with your friends and have fun. There's bowling, there's casino, there's mini games and events. You said this challenges. was the Oasis. It's basic. It's basically like the the actual real world, real now Oasis. Yeah. Besides VR. Besides the VR, it's not VR ready, but they're working on it, from what I've heard. I remember correctly, it was Gmod Towers before, right? Yeah, the, know, the, congregate, the congregate of mini-games on Gmod yeah. Tower. Yeah. yeah. Which I tried to play before, but my computer couldn't handle it, so... Yeah, that's basically Damn, what, it, what it turned into, was Tower Unite, which is, it's a really good game. I do enjoy it a lot, and I have way too much playtime in it so far for how how I've actually played it. Um, But I do recommend it, but anyway... You know, they actually tried to release an Oasis... Did they back really? Back when Ready Player, yep. Back when Player One, Ready I Player never One came heard out. About that. Yeah, they, they tried start... to do a VR thing, right? Yeah, they tried to do a VR thing with the Oasis, and um, with that, it was it's so massive to undertake something like that. They, I, I, you would have to, you'd have to spend like ten years working on the back end side of stuff for that massive scale of MMO. Oh yeah, that was going to come out. You want yeah, to talk about MMOs? I know. Well, actually, I, let's go off. Do you want to go off topic and then we'll ask questions? Let's let's go off. Let's go off topic. Then we'll ask questions. MMOs. All right. I've been recently looking at MMOs. There was a game called uh, back in the day. It was called Firefall. I don't know if anybody remembers that here. 
Does anybody remember Firefall? No. Never heard of it. It was basically a third-person and first-person shooter MMO, which is, which back in the day was unheard of. I mean, we had uh, Warframe, but that was third-person. Third-person, yeah. and that had to deal with, like, Aliens, uh, man. And stuff, and it wasn't, yeah, Aliens. And it was an open world and open-ended as um, uh, Firefall was. Firefall was created by a studio called uh, Red 5 or something like that. I'm not too Red sure. Red 5 Studios. Red 5 Studios, yep. And they, I don't think it was created by them. They bought it out, and then they run that game, ran it into the ground and basically got it canceled in 2016. It got canceled then, but it was a massively fun game to play. And we can talk about like dead, dead games that you can't play anymore that you've put a lot of money into. I think what was that? Yeah, Firefall, the ambitious but troubled MMO from developer Red Five is shutting down. It shut down July twenty seventeen on the seventh. And I'm just so I, I don't know, I have to rant about this for a little bit. I'm so I found I've had the founder package. My brother my brother bought me the founder package and I'm so pissed that this game went offline. And I've been searching for games like it and uh there hasn't been anything that scratched that itch. Like Destiny Two, it doesn't scratch the itch. Destiny Two is just shooting sponges and stuff like this. This had a thumper mechanic. This had a um this had resource management. Uh, management with your own skill level, your own teams, and everything like that. Destiny just has like this shallow level of playing. I don't know how to explain it. Have you played Destiny next turn? Oh, I I enjoy enjoyed Destiny, and I enjoyed Destiny too up until they came up with uh their I don't know if it's the newest update or not, but after they brought in one of the newer planets and it was all like icy and snowy and whatever that's when they really oh, lost yeah. me as a player because it they they changed the mechanics and how the game played and i just i didn't like it i i was more of a story and like character driven player not somebody who wanted to grind you know 60 hours a week just to be you know mediocre forsaken or shadow keep i don't I don't think it was either of those, actually. I don't remember what it was. Was it Beyond Light? I think it's Beyond Light. Yeah, it might have been Beyond Light. And that, it just it ruined the game for me. I really enjoyed it up to that point, it, even after one of my favorite characters' demise. And that, yeah. I, I, I considered giving up the game after that. But anyways, I did play Destiny, and, and it was a good game. And I actually talked yeah. about that in the last podcast. And this is going to get back to our main point that we're trying to get to. Incompetency in video games. How so? Uh, some, some examples uh, with incompetency in video games. Here, let me bring up my library. Uh, let's see here. And just, um, um, just for a little bit of clarification, Xenex was reading off of a screenshot from his auntie, Firefall, the ambitious but troubled MMO from developer Red5, is shutting down. With heavy hearts, we regret to inform you that after much review and analysis, Red5 Studios have declared to suspend the Firefall efforts on 7th of July 2017, the post said. 
and uh, that's the the entire screenshot that was posted. Yep, basically, that's incompetency. That's what caused the downfall of Firefall. They released an update that just completely trashed the game. And uh, with other games, I don't know. Have you heard of a game called Ace of Spades? No. Nope. Never heard of a game called Ace of Spades? Well, it was it was a... Um, let's read from the store page right here. It was a uh, creative shooter, basically a block shooter, a voxel shooter. And uh, Battle Builder is the first person shooter that lets you create your own battleground destroy it then create it again up to 32 players which was a big amount back in uh i think it was 2014 that when it came out but um what happened with that is they took a game that was from 2012 or 2011 uh, Ace of Spades, and they remastered it, revamped it, and actually put money into it. And uh, what happened with the downfall was that was they tried to um, basically go against the original um, gameplay of it. And it it's a dead game now. That's why you don't hear about it. That's too bad. Uh, I hate when games die like that. Yeah, I hate when games die. I absolutely hate it. Uh, and there was a game that I, I loved. It was called Nether. If anybody's at home listening, look up. Isn't that with up. the monsters? Yeah, it was It was with yeah. the monsters. It was like PvP, PvE with PvP open world. And again, that was something that not a lot of people were doing during that time. It was released in 2014, and it was this, this, uh, it had a lot of great character design, a lot of great, it was very rustic, not rustic, but it was very uh, apocalyptic, very, um, like, dystopian, and it relied heavily on looting, and what happened with that game was uh, the updates died, and no one could get, no one could get a hold of the developers at all and then they didn't want to sell their IP. So dead games are a big thing, but incompetency in games, which would lead into Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, um releasing it way too early when it wasn't baked enough or polished enough. Well and in that aspect it wasn't completely their fault that they released early. No, the... it wasn't. The gaming community, I feel, really pressured the studio into releasing an unfinished product. They weren't ready to release it, but they had pushed it back so many times at that point that they were just kind of ready to be like, well, you know what, you know, give give the public what they're asking for, and that's exactly what they did. But I don't think there was quite the amount of understanding that the game wasn't ready, and they just released it anyways, which I don't feel was quite fair. But at the same time, it was understandable why they made that decision, and it... I was actually, I read a post about it at one point where they basically said that the developer count on 2077 was extremely low compared to a lot of other, you know, CD Projekt Red games, uh, such as, I think it was The Witcher 3 that they were talking about, and they had 
I think I think I can't remember the exact number, but it was something like 500 developers for The Witcher 3, and it turned out to be a, a an awesome game, really good. Gameplay was amazing. Not too many bugs that I remember being hugely prominent, but when you load into 2077 after release, it it was definitely not the product that people expected, and I I feel like it had a large it could be largely blamed on the fact that the developer count for 2077 was almost halved and if not it was almost half yeah they they had a lot less developers on 2077 than they did on pretty much any other game that they'd ever produced i'm not exactly sure why i haven't done a whole lot of research yeah that's what i that's my question is why because they released this this very expansive insanely good uh game which is again witcher and they i were they being too were they being you know brazen or they say nah we can get this done with half of the half the fuck the rest of them i mean frick the rest of them (laughs) i'm not exactly sure why they why they did that were they overconfident yeah i'm not exactly sure I thought CD Projekt Red was uh, more like they didn't do crunch times. They didn't do. Um, they were more of a uh, by the for the people for the employees business. That's what I got. I came across with some articles. What was there? They didn't do the 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 burnouts that other game developers do. You know, like other game developers are horrible horrible um to their employees i mean i don't think cd project red was like that but no they said they they were doing crunch they were doing crunch uh after uh 2077 was released yeah uh thinking back to the article now i think they said that they had too many projects going on at once and they just they i again i could be very wrong in saying this but i think they were saying something about having to to cut away a lot of the uh, the developers for the game because they were working on other projects, but uh, kind of uh, using this as a as a segue, I read another article very recently. I think it was either yesterday or two days ago that CD Projekt Red actually just signed <laughs> contracts to hire modders that were making mods for the games and hired them on as developers for the games to fix all the bugs and fix everything that was wrong with it. Which to me. Right that that's that's fantastic and that's that's great that's what they needed to do in the first place reach out i mean not that they could have done it upon release because there were no modders for the games yet but you know with with the the added help i feel like they could actually make the game come up to par for what it was supposed to be when it released and could actually make kind of a comeback in my opinion but most of the bugs that were encountered upon release have been patched and they've been fixed and it it is a much more stable game at this point, but I feel like they lost definitely a lot of traction and reputation by releasing the game oh my God. in its state. It definitely made for a lot of disappointed people, and m- myself included. I I was pre- I was um waiting for the game to release. It was supposed to release in April of I think 2020 or 2021. I can't remember which year it was, but they were supposed to release it then, and they actually pushed it back until I think just before Christmas. And then when it finally did release, I was trying to stream it, but everybody on Steam kind of got, you know, the back end of the stick on that one because they had, they pushed an update to Steam, 
that took forever to decompile and took forever just to get actually installed and it took a lot of people's fun away from the game from the get-go because of that from release a lot Didn't of people you have to wait the next day uh, i i did wait the next day I, d I went to bed and waited for the download to finish i and think then, it finished when you were sleeping too yeah it, it did finish overnight and then the next day i tried it again and i actually did get to play it but i encountered a lot of bugs from the get-go and that's I, I did enjoy the game, as many bugs as there were, and a lot of graphical glitches and stuff like that, but I definitely had my fair share of enjoyment out of the game, and the story was on par. It's good to know you can actually sleep in the bed normally now. Well, let's not talk about the ending, because I haven't gotten there yet, and I'll, no, fucking, I'll kill somebody for it. But, and actually, um, I'm going to put put this out there now. We're not really going to talk about anything story-wise, so don't worry about spoilers. We're uh, Right now, we're talking about the game in itself either from release where they're at now not including story but it's more of just like the game itself no story should be revealed um and if there is if we do reveal any story we'll most likely put in a disclaimer at the start of the episode so that way if you don't want to listen to it you can just skip on to the next episode also yep. i think the game got overhyped too before it was released oh yeah no it got it got really overhyped so um there's a lot of complaints with the game and after playing about let's say 30 hours of it i did thoroughly enjoy the first 20 25 hours and then and then i started seeing cracks like i started seeing cracks when i first got into it but i ignored it because it was something new something big something expansive this open world it was nice but i just feel like it's very it's an open world but it's very dead and it feels kind of repetitive at times. It's, it gets no very repetitive. It feels very lifeless. So um, I don't know if I just haven't seen it or anything like that. But when I walk around, I want more. Um, I want some more instead of just AI that's like I, stupid. Like I, ha I can walk past a person. They don't say anything with a, with a gun out. They don't say much. Or then maybe they're desensitized to me walking around with a gun or anything like that. It's just basically there's three states of the those NPCs. There's running, there's uh, walking, and then there's um, cowering. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, the there's fact. only three states to it. I definitely think that where the, the story is set and kind of how they, they set it up, I do think that that might actually be kind of something that they thought in to play or didn't think of at all. It, it could go either direction where they were just, you know, let's not put as much detail into this and we'll skip it and come back to it later. But I definitely think it, it could play into the to where the story is set. You know, it's it, this isn't anything to do with the story. This isn't going to give away any spoilers. But the way that they set up the mood for the game, basically, is it's a crime-ridden city. Oh, yeah. And uh, at least for one of the, 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 the starting story points, it, it's a crime-ridden city. So obviously there's going to be lots of guns, crime, violence, whatever. So I'm thinking that, yes, it could have been thought of in the development process that, hey, this is a crime-ridden city. We don't think people would, like you know really balk at somebody holding out a pistol or having a gun on them because of the desensitization to having you know people walking around in public with a firearm right and my biggest thing was um 
it just felt like it was lacking that extra layer that that content i don't know i can't put my finger on it because i'm not a i'm not a bona fide critic but it just felt like there was something that wasn't there um i mean the shooting of the game mechanics was was great i loved it um but there wasn't there wasn't anything behind the faces. You know what I mean, there wasn't any intelligence. There wasn't any. Um, you know, I wish there was a random guy that walked to, up to you on the street. There were beggars or something like that. Like this made the city feel like it was there was a reason for you to be in an open world. Yeah, I feel if if I feel like if they took a page out of Blizzard's book and made kind of like random events. Uh, like in, this is a spoiler, but in Fallout 4, you get approached by a wannabe Preston Garvey, and there's an actual, like, I wouldn't really call it a quest line because it's only a couple steps long, but, um, basically, it's a randomly activated a, a quest. You don't really know when it's going to happen unless you've experienced, well, you never know when it's going to happen, period, but you know it's going to happen if you've played the game before or have heard about it. I feel like if they right. kind of took a page out of, out of, did I say Blizzard? You did. Yes, that was Blizzard. Oh, Jesus. I was like, I didn't know, but I didn't know that. Sorry, it no, not Blizzard. Mind it, it, it slipped through mine, too, until I thought about it, and I was like, wait a minute, Blizzard didn't release this. It was Bethesda. Out of Bethesda's a book. event. Yeah. Like, it, Skyrim it, doesn't feel like a dead oh, game. Jesus. Yes. Skyrim has a great, great atmosphere because there are NPCs that don't interact with you, but they interact with your character in the game through dialogue at least at the very least and i believe skyrim has random events that happen as well yeah. you don't know when they're going to happen but they will happen eventually i feel like if cyberpunk 2077 had done that it definitely would have given the city a bit more of a, a like an alive feeling yes the streets are crowded there's lots of cars but that means nothing if you're not interacting with anything like that but I, again, yeah. I see where the developers could have thought that in and been like, hey, the, you know, this doesn't really make sense for a crime-ridden city because y who's actually going to go up to some stranger on the street and be like, hey, can you help me save my kid or, you know, what have you? I mean, it, thinking about places in, in the real world today, places like Detroit, I probably wouldn't go up to somebody and be like, hey, I'm having a problem, can you help me? Because there's lots I of. I mean, if you're desperate enough, and that city uh, breeds that desperation of being down in your last luck, and what what do you have to lose? You know, I don't have I don't have anything to lose, so I'm going to go up to this guy who looks like he's a he's a runner, uh, uh, somebody for hire, and ask him, you know, can you can you help me? Yeah, and that's that's a fair that's a valid point too, and that would definitely fit the setting of the story. I I feel because there that is a good point desperation would definitely play a key and kind of tying this into our gmod ties i remember back in the gmod day there was um kind of, uh, it was called fear rp where if somebody had a you know a gun up to you and they were mugging you you couldn't just be like haha hey i'm going to pull this you know m16 out of thin air and shoot you back uh right. that just that was a rule that some of the servers had to make rp a little bit more realistic but i kind of see that as well in 2077 where 
you know, desperation could come into play, and that could be actually be a really good game mechanic that could work in their favor if it's done correctly. I just think that at the end of the day, there wasn't really a reason for it to be open world other than just to say, um, hey, you can go do this one particular task. You can go shoot up these people in the um, this gang-controlled area. You can do all this stuff. But there wasn't a really a reason for it to be open world because they didn't put that much content into the open world. They put a lot of content into the storylines, don't get me wrong. But there was... It was just, you know, some gimmicky stuff. Well, hey, go capture this person. Hey, go capture that person. Hey, go capture this person. Um, yeah, they, they should have, like, released areas one by one as you go through the story. And it's too much open world to start, honestly. It almost overwhelms you, uh, going off of what you said, Azanti. I definitely feel like they, they gave you too much too fast. It, it's like, if you think about it in terms of eating, it's like having a spoonful of of ice cream and then all of a sudden somebody hands you a shovel and they're like here have this you know it just it doesn't make much sense to me that you know you wouldn't have something that leads you into the open world and gets you kind of out there slowly not not all at once you know not giving it to you full-heartedly like um a good example i feel would be the gta 5 story the storyline in that game did a really good job of releasing kind of areas as you played not that you needed to go, you know, clear across the map just to get to this one mission and then you never visit it again. But they did a really good job of ha having you explore the map and find new things. And I feel like if 2077 did something similar where they either put, like, different missions out there or they did, you know, just some sort of progression to get out and explore the open world, it, there it might actually There wasn't that many side benefit. missions, right? There wasn't that many, like, actual, like, storyline side missions. Or have I not gotten there yet? Am not, I? Uh, I'm the only one who's actually played the game completely through and gotten to the ending. But not that I remember. There could have been some pretty good side missions, but I feel like it was mostly story-driven missions. But there, there were a few side missions that I do remember playing through, and they, they were pretty fun. They were encapsulating for a little bit, but... There weren't enough to really make you go, oh, hey, this is, you know, I, and there here's an extra 30 hours of playtime. It, it was very story-driven, uh, and this is right after I played it, just after release. I haven't gone back to it since the updates and everything like that, but there are some side missions. Uh, the few that I actually got to do, one of them glitched out, and um, it just it didn't work right, so I kind of gave up on that one, but there there's definitely room for improvement as far as adding more side missions but not just meaningless side missions i feel like they should have some sort of gain to the player whether that be new equipment or just you know monetary gain but they they shouldn't be there just to you know just to satisfy they should be there to actually help the player yeah it it was basically a uh, collectible missions was was I was getting to like collectible like uh, the Batman collectible missions were yeah I mean there was a there was a feeling to that city but it was kind of in the Batman games if you've ever played the Batman games not a reason for it to be that big of a city like open world needs to have 
because it, it, it provides you with a ton of expectations when you go in. It's like, wow, the city's so big. Uh, I want to talk to the people. I want to, I want to, you know, see what's behind the city. And they, there's a lore behind it, but there's not, you know, a personal touch to it or a level to it. Yeah, that'd definitely be nice if they added a little bit more, you know, of a depth. I guess the word would be a little bit more of a depth to kind of like dive in behind the city, you know, and behind the scenes, figure out what's going on. They do do a little bit of that in the story, I think, but it's it's not enough to really keep you interested in, in the lore behind the city and like what happened prior to you arriving. And they they don't actually speak a lot of, I guess, I guess the, the word would kind of be your past life before you, you came back but it would be nice if they give you kind of some depth as to what was going on you know what you've heard or even just like in the first couple minutes of the game you already meet somebody that you knew but you don't they don't explain how you met this person what your past is and it, it, it's almost a little disheartening because it just seems like such a fake relationship between you know that person and you and it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because of the lack of story behind them. Yeah, it's hard to get attached to a character you barely know. Exactly. Well, there there is a way to do that. And there's a way to do that very well. It was uh in um what was that zombie game? The PlayStation. You gotta be more specific. There's a lot of zombie games for PlayStation. Uh, it, the Last of Us or something like that, or uh I think that is the one you're yeah, thinking of. Yeah. Well, you get connected to this this your daughter. Your daughter in this game. You have a daughter. You get very connected at the first start. And it's only 30 minutes you know this person. And when they die, it's very emotional. Yeah, there's definitely ways to convey emotion through other characters. And there's definitely a way to set a feeling about you know having those characters close to you there there are ways to set that up and you, if you do it well you do it really well and you can actually get the char- you know the player to really you know have emotion for that character and that's uh, personally for me that was kind of the way I got with uh, with Kate 6 from the Destiny franchise i mean i from day 1 i loved like his attitude i loved the way he talked his uh just just the way he held himself i guess and as the story progressed it was it became clearer and clearer to me that he was a fun-loving guy, and, you know, I'm kind of the same way. I could relate to him on a personal level. And then when, you know, there was a lot of good stuff that they did with that game, and they did very well. And then when they, you know, took him out of the game and made his demise, it really, and not just me, but I feel like it struck a lot of people that actually played the game because he was the character that everybody loved. And everybody has their favorite character, and everybody has a different favorite, but... He was the key to a lot of people's favorite characters, and there's still a lot of conspiracy theories on online and on Reddit and everywhere else that he's going to come back. But um, from a studio standpoint, that's going to be pretty difficult to do, especially since um, the voice actor of Cade is kind of a a famous actor and now voice actor. That's definitely going to be harder to get him in the studio for a extended al- amount of time. But going back to what we were saying about 2077 there and other games is they should definitely have a backstory to the to the the character that they're trying to portray because without it it just seems like another face and you know it there's no there's really no need of it other than having just a filler 
and that's I feel like that was a lot of 2077 from when I played was a lot of it was filler it just seemed like they were trying to get the most play time that's what I did I, I did too much of the side quest burn myself out quickly so actually I'm gonna branch off here and um I'm actually gonna I want to ask Azante how did you begin gaming because we know you've played some of the bigger AAA titles oh. like like 2077 but where where for you personally did your gaming experience start from day one like the first game that you ever played your first game system i can't tell you the first game i played and how did you get to where you are today basically is kind of like where you know give us a timeline like what would you play i want to know i'm curious now i think the first system i don't remember what came up first ps1 or 64 i think the 64 but we started on that. Me and my brothers play the crap out of. Wait, am I allowed to swear or no? Um, basically, we're just kind of going for like a PG thirteen rating. Is kind of how I explained it to Xenex. But yeah, uh, you know, it's nothing like excessive. Like, and I'll probably bleep this out in post. But nothing like. Okay. N- nothing. Nothing in sequence like that would be acceptable. But you know, just. <laughs> Slipping one in every now and again is fine. It'll be a nice bleep later. Oh, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be like, beep, and I'll just be sitting there and host, hating my life, having to listen to that five (laughs) times over. No. We start, I'm going to say to 64, because I don't remember which one came out first, but 64, me and my brothers played the crap out of Banjo-Tooie until our 64 actually broke. Like, it just didn't didn't work one day. I wasn't using it at the time, and my brother just, Told my mom it stopped working. So I was out of luck. Um, you know, for PC gaming, like, I always wanted a PC game because I didn't like playing on console much. And, uh, I got a laptop to start myself off. A crappy Toshiba laptop. And I would, I would game using a trackpad instead of a, an actual mouse. I played Minecraft with a trackpad. <laughs> So I actually have, um, I got the results back. I, I looked it up really quickly while you were talking. Um, it looks like the PlayStation released first. The Nintendo released in... Uh, PS1 released first? I believe so. The Nintendo 64 released in June 23rd of 1996. And I believe the PlayStation released December, sometime in December of 94. Mm. I'm gonna double check that real quick because now I'm, you know, unsure of myself. <laughs> yeah, December third, nineteen ninety four was in the first PlayStation released, and then they released the PlayStation two in two thousand. Xbox three hundred and sixty came out in 05. The Dreamcast, oh, the Dreamcast, came out in ninety eight. Super Nintendo ninety. Sega Saturn. I would love to get my hands on a Saturn. Came out in ninety four. As just kind of a console progression. I believe we talked a little bit about the PlayStation 2, the 360, Super Nintendo, and the original NES in the last podcast as well. But going back to um, to your first games. I can't remember too many first games, but I do remember playing a lot of Banjo-Tooie. We had... There's other games I actually can't remember, and I'm bad at describing stuff. And I know it's, no one's going to understand what I'm trying to say. But I, for PlayStation 1, there's one game I do remember. It was NASC. I always look this up. I got to look it up real quick. NASCAR. 
What was it called? It was an actual NASCAR game. It was like a weird thing with power-ups and stuff you used. NASCAR Rumble. That's one game I remember playing. Rumble, uh, we had... My brother had Crash Bandicoot. I never cared for that series. Oh god, what game for PS1? Was Kingdom Hearts PS1? Or is that for PS2? I don't remember. I remember playing one of the Kingdom Hearts games on PS2. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts... What? No, wait. Yep. PlayStation 1, Kingdom Hearts. My brother played... Well, all my brothers played it. My nephew played it. My sister played it. All of them played a lot of it. My sister even had the guidebook with, like, stickers for the Dalmatians. So she could keep track of them. And she almost had it done when she stopped playing. And then I shared consoles. We had the Wii. It was supposed to be for my house, but technically it was got given to me for Christmas. So I considered it mine. And I didn't want to share it much. That's now broken. It actually broke last year, which you said you're going to look at, Alpha. So hopefully sometime. Eventually, when I get the time off from work, yeah. I will look at it eventually. And uh, just to give a little bit of background on that, I in December of 2020, I kind of started up my own little... Uh, sh- streaming segments where I would fix consoles on Twitch and uh, got a little bit of a following and that was a lot of fun but I fixed mainly Xbox Ones, took apart computers uh, I think I started taking apart a PS3 but that that's what I did and that's kind of where that background comes and from. Work got in the way and then it just dropped off Yeah, work I know, definitely I know got you in the wish way you could go back to it Oh, I do. I really do. I wish I could go back to fixing stuff, you know. I'm going to guess if you have, ever have time in a new house, you're going to make a little section for you to do that stuff, aren't you? Without a doubt. I will definitely set up, you know, a little <laughs> at, at least, least a, a section little to test just bench. do that. Oh, at least yeah. just, just do it, even if it's not streaming, but. Even, even yeah, if so... it's not streaming, I definitely would consider going back and doing um, that kind of work again because it was a lot of fun. It was cool having. You know, streaming times just to set aside to stream myself doing it, but as well as, like, sharing my work with other people. And it, it actually got to the point where it was, it was a nice little community of, um, you know, makers and different people who would like to work with circuitry and stuff like that. And they actually gave me a lot of tips and tricks and uh, helped me get better at some of my skill, including soldering, which I wasn't very good at. And I actually learned a lot of trip, uh, you know, lots, lots of tricks from people as far as getting my solder to stick and having it actually look like a decent soldering job instead of some wacko doing it in their shed. Yeah, I thought you were going to buy an iFixit, like a full iFixit kit if you were still doing it, but by the time I was going to give it for you, you stopped. Yeah, I had to get back to work, unfortunately, and make the big bucks that kept my life rolling. A job you didn't like. Oh, I wouldn't say I didn't like it. It, well, it was I didn't a good like, job. But... It, it was more of just the dead time that killed me. Yeah, and the fact that you have to pay more attention and goof around. Not goof around, but, you know, try to distract yourself with something else. Yeah, I definitely did did my fair share of goofing around too much, in fact. But moving on to, you know, middle school, let's, or even before middle school, if you had any other games that you really played, uh, what, what was probably Guitar you? Hero on PlayStation 2. Right, played a lot of that. Good. <laughs> actually, due to that, I actually have a guitar. Well, I have my brother's old Xbox guitar. I have an old Wii guitar we had, which is very needs some some TLC. Honestly, it's it's beat up. I bought 
a guitar just to play Clone here on PC. And I ever saw it don't play it, but my fingers so long moved the way they used to. So that sucks. My pinky hates me. Let's see. What else do I play for? What else do we do? Medal of Honor Rising Sun. That was a fun game to play. Me and my brother played a lot of that. Either campaign or just messed around with the fighting bots and all that. I still do that today, to be honest. I'll log on to CSGO and just do bot practice yeah, instead that. of playing with actual people. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You couldn't play with actual people. This is PS2 days. Yeah, well, they did make an adapter for the PS2 where you could hook it up well, to... Well, we never had one. We didn't even know that existed land. at the time anyways. And I don't even yeah. know if this game did that. So it was just us against the bots, messing around, having fun. I think the adapter was only available for the the PS2 Fat version because they came out with two editions of it. They had the PS2 Slim and the PS2 Fat. Yeah, we the Fat was the, had the, slim. the original. I had my the brother slim had as the well. Slim. My brother had I, the Fat version. I had the Slim because I was younger and got the nicer stuff. <laughs> I just remind myself that when everyone in my house had a Guitar Hero, me and my brother shared one because we didn't care because we had the same room. We got along together nicely. My younger brother would always steal our disc because he would scratch his to the point that at times the disc would just stop reading or not read. We always knew it was his disc too because ours was in pristine condition. It would always work. And he would always try and switch it on us. The days of having discs and not having actual like physical copies on the hard drive. (laughs) And now even if you get physical copy of a disc you still have to download stuff anyways and it's just it's there's no point in getting a hard copy of any type of game not anymore no that's uh, technology now has become so advanced that you don't need a hard copy of a game to do anything like for me it's, it's more of just the storage capacity to store all the games that are downloaded that i'd like to play like for grand theft auto 5 it's i think it's getting uh, closer to being at a hundred gigabyte download from all the updates that they've made but you know it, it it comes down to storage capacity and that's what a lot of the newer consoles are trying to to keep up to speed on is storage and over having people buy the physical copies and then still have to store a lot of information hmm. so uh yeah. in the in the first episode i asked Zenex, and we kind of talked a little bit about youtube but you know growing up and youtube coming into its its prime were there any youtubers that kind of shaped who you are and you know that you watched a lot of their episodes or every episode of theirs who really kind of affected you as a as a you know young moldable child i think we can all agree with this one pewdiepie <laughs> I haven't watched him in a, in a many years now because it's just the content's not the same as when I was watching when I was back in middle school. I actually, I think I touched a little bit upon PewDiePie and I, I said I, I didn't watch a lot of his videos, which is it's still true to today. I don't watch many of his videos, but I'll watch a few every now and again. Um, but he was a very prominent YouTuber from what you know my friends have said and what everybody else says, and he. You know, during the <laughs> kind of getting into some of PewDiePie's background, during his kind of battle with T series, I definitely subscribed to PewDiePie and uh, supported oh, him too. in that. And I feel like a lot of the gaming community did as well over T series. But uh, eventually, he did succumb to T series, and they they won that sub- subscriber battle. But you know, hey, I, I still think, say I think, he uh, should have won. Well, and, and it wasn't so much about winning. 
Well, and also, it wasn't like it anyone was. in India that signed up for YouTube were only automatically subscribed to T Series. Wasn't this like some weird thing like that? Yeah, it was. that's happening. So yeah, I say do that automatically. PewDiePie won disqualified T Series for that. But hey, um, it had the internet going for a bit, so. It did have the internet fired up, and that was one of the, the cooler things that I had ever seen in, it, well, I can't really even say my gaming career, but just watching, you know, watching YouTube and my YouTube career of watching videos, it, it was really nice to see kind of everybody coming together to support one person's channel over an entire, like, company. It, it was just really cool to watch and see that, you know, <laughs> they, we were all supporting this one person. And I, I can only imagine how it would have felt to be PewDiePie and watching these these people come and subscribe to his channel in droves and just want to, you know, want to be there and help him in his endeavor. And that it was really cool to see that happen. It was. But what sucks is, like, since he's the first one to, like, the 50K and 100K, he's the only one that got, like, the special uh, yeah YouTube buttons or whatever for that. They're, they said they're not doing that again for anyone else. They're not doing a lot of their trophies that they did for for different achievements. They're not doing a lot of those anymore. There is one person that I saw on YouTube. I can't remember what the channel's called, but they made Mr. Beast a custom like trophy yep. instead I of a saw play that button, and, and drove it all the way to no wait, did they bike or I don't drive? remember how they did it, but they got it to him and they made him an, an entire box. It was a really cool video to watch, and that the community kind of came together and helped. It's cool make to see, it. like. Um, but this same and guy Mr. actually Beast deserves it. He does, and Mr. Beast is a huge part of the gaming community as well. But not only that, he's also kind of shaping today's generation of gamers, and that's just that's really cool of a thought to me because same way that Markiplier and all the YouTubers that I watched, they kind of shaped me into the person that I became and the gamer that I that I am and the games that I played. But and um, going back to what you know, having the trophies and the same guy that made Mr. Beast trophy actually went on to make a trophy for Dude Perfect because they reached quite the milestone as well on their channel and YouTube stopped doing that that program so this this one person just was like hey well I'm just going to start making trophies for you know really big YouTubers that have made it and that's really where Dude Perfect got their start and how they become the huge entity that they are today they started posting on YouTube a while ago, and their trick shots just gained a whole lot of traction over time. And it, it, uh, they have a video on their channel. Uh, I'll see if I can't find it and post either a link or the the video name uh, in the description of the of the podcast. But it was really cool to watch that progression. Just watch them from day one to where they are now, and all the all the things that they've achieved. They've had I can't remember exactly how many records they hold. But they have a lot of world records that they actually have verified and hold currently because of all their trick shots and just the relationship they have with the world record, you know, people. So going back to, uh, we got off on kind of a tangent there and that happens with us definitely. But going back to video games. So in middle school or high school, what were kind of the biggest video games that you played? Oh, well, middle school, high school is more towards laptop i can't remember what i played really while azanti's looking up some of the games that he used to play uh, um going back to the 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 dead gaming topic i uh, there was a game 
that I played back in middle school with one of my good friends that we we both have been following a like I don't know what you call it. it it's kind of like a revival of an old game. It was called Tom Clancy Ghost Recon Phantom. <laughs> yeah. It was an online shooter in that game, I swear, was the best shooter that I've ever played. It was so much fun. I loved to play with friends, and it, it was just a good time for me, especially being so young and not being able to play Call of Duty because my parents, they didn't allow really a lot of violent video games for me, and that was it was a free game that you could download off the Steam store. And actually, small tangent while I'm on that, last episode I explained that I got a red box and I said I think that there was Portal, Team Fortress, and something else, but I'm, I'm incorrect by saying that. It was Portal, Half-Life, and another game that I, I can't remember what it was, but Half-Life was definitely in there. Um, and I think Portal 2, sorry, Half-Life, Portal, and Portal 2 I think were in that red box, and that's why, or orange box, and that's why I bought it. And uh, I just wanted to kind of clarify that because I sounded like an idiot and I was editing the last episode and I was like, oh, gee, I'm, oh, man, I'm such an idiot. Did I really say that? And that ended up being a huge yes on my part. I'm an idiot. But um, but yeah, going back to, to Phantoms, I had a lot of fun with that game and I did spend a little bit of money in it and uh, it ultimately got shut down by Ubisoft and there's been a collective group over the last... I think a few years now that have been trying to to crack to crack the login and get everything set back up to the way it was so that people can actually get back in and play on private servers which would be really cool to see and I really hope that they do that but I just wanted to throw in you know one of my games that I played that that got shut down and was overall abandoned so do we have any games for you Azanti? Like I thought it was GMI was the first Steam game I purchased. I mainly only messed around in single player, downloading random stuff from the workshop. I didn't really play any servers at the time. I don't think. Yeah. I want to say not at this current moment. But I remember I actually was on Xbox before this. I was playing stuff like Borderlands and stuff with my brother, 1 and 2. I ended up stopped playing Borderlands 1 or 2 because my brother's account got hacked and I used his account, my younger brother. Second youngest guy's his account got hacked, which means all my account stuff, anything I did in Borderlands was just gone. I stopped caring for Borderlands 2. Um, I did make my own Xbox account at one point and started playing a lot of GTA 5, mainly because it took forever to make money in that game at, when it first came out. I think you know about this, Alpha. Oh, yes, Actually, I remember no, well. I, I did. I would grind the hell out of general missions just to make just some money. Yeah, GTA Five was kind of a touchy subject subject as well because I remember I bought it under my parents' noses. Um, again, not I wasn't allowed many, you know, violent video games and whatnot. And GTA, in my eyes, isn't overly violent. It just has a lot of um, adult humor and adult. Yeah, you know, and it depends what on. missions you play. Like, if you actually go through the story mode, yeah, it gets some of those violent missions, but you can always yeah. choose not to do those. Exactly. And, and, and the reason my parents allowed me to keep it was because I explained to them, like, I'm not playing because there's hookers and drugs and whatever else. I'm playing because my friends and I like to drive the, the planes, the cars. We like... Just mess around with each other, have some fun. Exactly, and that's why they they let me keep it and let me play it, which was nice, and I'm very thankful that they did because I ended up 
you know, as I explained in the lap- last episode, I ended up making a gaming community out of it, and we ended up having a lot oh of fun, and I God. still remember playing with a lot of those people and having I a good time. I wish it was still active. We It was so good. We would always just help each other out trying to make money. Even if we couldn't all join, like, the CEO or whatever, we'd always still just back them up. It was a lot of fun, but... Um... Yeah. yeah, that one kid, I messed it all up. <laughs> yeah, that was an obnoxious. We did have a few people that liked to set us back along the way, but... Uh, Xenex, you were going to say something before I cut you off. I'm sorry. Do you remember what it was? I've got a list of dead games in my um, my Steam. I've got a list of dead games. There's Uncrowded, which was a asset flip of... It was an asset flip from the Unity store that I bought for 99 cents. It was this Tap Tap Infinity, which was a uh, clicker game. Yeah, I like I liked clicker games. Here, hold on, let me see if I can't do a tag. Clicker. Let's see how many clicker games I have. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen cookie click. I mean, clicker games. And I think one of my favorite one clicker games was in- Insane Aquarium Deluxe. If anybody wants to check that out, it's Insane Aquarium Deluxe. And it's on the Steam store for, let's see how much money it is. Oh, five bucks, definitely get it. And you can get a demo of it. You're going to get a demo and try it out. And it's overwhelmingly positive on all reviews. And the recent reviews are very positive. 96% of the people who bought it like the game. Love it. And uh, it's basically you feed fishes, you grow them, you stop alien attacks, and you feed other types of different types of fishes, and those drop coins, and the more coins you get, the better better stuff you get. And then you can progress to the next level. Also, you get a, there's a little fun little uh, mini game where you have your own tank and you visit it every day and day and night if you want to. Yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool little concept, cool little game. I remember And if being, you like clicker games, get into that. Yeah, I remember being into clicker games a lot in high school because it was so easy just to uh for for me anyways because I I was huge into you know, technology and electronics and stuff and my high school particularly had MacBook Airs and each student had one but for me personally i i ended up playing a lot with the script editor program on there mm-hmm. which is basically you just you write code and it, it was a lot of fun to play with because it, it was easy to code something and you know make a script out of it i wouldn't say really coding it was it was scripting more than anything a lot of if then statements and stuff like that but yeah if then else but i mean yeah. but, but if then else yeah and and uh Basically, what I did is I just made my own macro that I would, you know, start, and I made certain key presses, and it would look for certain inputs that would stop or start the the clicker, and uh, it was it was really easy to do, especially if I was in study hall or in a class and just had my laptop open. I would keep it open, and uh, yeah, I get that it's kind of cheating, but you know, it was still fun nonetheless for me just to kind of to progress through stuff and cookie clicker, especially. I definitely took advantage of during high school because my friends and I kind of had a convert, uh, competition going on, you know, who could get the most cookies uh, in a certain amount of time, and I definitely won it by a landslide. Hey, were you cheating? No, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was 
I have no idea. Oh, look at that. Sky's blue. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, um, and actually, I can't remember how long ago this was, but I was streaming with one of my one of my good friends, Nextern Chris. I actually got my name from him, uh, it, it, which is a really cool story in itself, but I'll spare you the details now. Uh, but we actually ended up doing a cookie clicker challenge because I saw he was playing, and I was like, look, we're, I'm going to beat you. Like, nah. And a lot of good clips, uh, Twitch clips that I still have uh, sprouted from that day. And it was so much fun just to play Cookie Clicker again, especially a few years after high school. And going back kind of brought back that nostalgic feeling for me. <laughs> right. Uh, so actually, uh, now looking at um, my timing, we're actually about an hour in, so we're we're nearing the end of the episode. If there's any quick topics you guys want to talk about, now would be the time. Black Desert has has anybody played Black Desert? You own this game. I tried to play it. I didn't really like it. I've never launched it, but I have it. You have it. Is it? Is okay. So Zanti, is it is it like a melee melee? Uh, Destiny 2? Because it looks like a melee Destiny. Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I haven't played enough to really mess with it. Is this Black Desert is really... online? Yep, the one okay. that Ali liked to play. Is it her? I don't know. I thought it was game nerds that liked to play that. We have a lot of different people that used to like to play it. Because I'm trying to get into an MMO, but there's none that are like really catching my eye or good enough. RuneScape. <laughs> RuneScape. Yeah. No, RuneScape. I know, but that's just that's a classic <laughs> MMO. That doesn't. If it... Yeah, I know. You want something more modern? I understand. So RuneScape. Well, 3, no, gotcha. it, it's 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 modernized now, but it's, yeah, it's more or less like click, do this, do that. There's no interactivity to it. You know what I mean? My RuneScape did mess up recently. Uh, uh, this uh, person spent like two years trying to like make an HD uh, graphics for old school RuneScape. He runs a thing called Runelight, which helps players like do stuff, like figure out things. Like when you do clues, it tells you where things are. It's just a massive helpful tool that's supposed to be client. Well, he was about to release it today, but then RuneScape's like, no, you can't release this because we actually had something in the works for something like this. And they told him they, he, could, he couldn't release it. So they and people went on a riot. Yeah, no, that's what people are saying. They they should have hired him or like you know bought his program or stuff like that, but no, they didn't. And people are rioting in the game. And if you go to certain areas in the in the game on certain worlds, you just get like no frames. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. The power of gamers, man. <laughs> I tell you what, the power of gamers yeah. is is untold and truly woeful. I mean, going back to twenty seventy seven, look at the hype that followed that game. Gamers were literally all over Twitter and all over the their subreddits just asking for this game to come out. And while we discussed this before about, you know, the aftermath of it, it's still incredible that gamers, you know, especially just all of us as a whole, have that kind of power, you know? And going to kind of branch off of this a little bit, not to mention the fact that, you know, an online community basically bullied a huge studio industry, uh, not industry, but studio, a huge movie studio, into changing a model for Sonic is incredible. They basically were like, yeah, no, we're not going to watch the movie if it looks like this because it looks like ass. But if you change it, we might consider it. And they completely redid the movie 
to you know kind of accommodate that and it was super cool to see that you know everybody spoke out and there was a response to that yeah they actually wanted to want people to watch it you know they wanted the feedback and that was nice and um but yeah so coming up to the close on the episode i would like to thank you all for tuning in again um thank you as auntie for joining us today it was wonderful having you um we'll definitely be having you on some future episodes because i feel like the talk was really good and uh the conversation we didn't just... do uh, much for uh interview questions <laughs> no but we'll get to those later uh, we did spend a lot of time talking about you know cyberpunk 2077 but it, got the, the topic you wanted yeah but and well not only that but i feel like the interview questions are kind of forceful and and i really like the kind of organic flow that kind of comes out in a podcast especially like tonight where we were just you know tangent after tangent but it all tied together in the end and that's i really like that but yeah yeah, and that's i i hate how things are scripted i that's not what we do we do have like a little topic list that we kind of run off of just and it's more for me to keep my thoughts straight so that way i can figure out you know like we have all these topics to talk about what are we going to talk about tonight and that way it gives me kind of a basis on what kind of dialogue i can expect to have but um but yeah i appreciate everybody listening thank you so much we're going to release another episode next wednesday and like i said today is the eighth we're kind of recording uh, a week in advance because of you know if anything were to happen in emergencies and stuff like that as i explained in the last episode but if you have any recommend recommendations for mmos for Zenex to try out please go to our twitter it is the next cast on twitter uh the n-e-x-c-a-s-t uh really would appreciate a follow there as well um you can find us on google and spotify now um and hopefully soon we'll be uploading to youtube i'm not exactly sure when i can get that set up but uh coming to a close tonight again appreciate all you watch or not watching but quite literally listening listening. (laughs) well and uh, here's another tangent uh in high school i had a teacher who said that even if you weren't reading with your eyes you were reading with your ears and reading with your your sense of smell you were reading the environment and that kind of comes into play here as well but Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Azanti, and thank you, Xenex, for joining me again for another episode, and we hope to see you next time.